Welcome to Create Photography, a podcast all about the creative side of photography. This is Daniel Sig. In today's episode, I will have a conversation with American photographer, director, and cinematographer Ben Staley. Ben Staley is an American photographer, director, and cinematographer. He created independent films, music videos, commercials, documentaries, and television programs for Discovery Channel, National Geographic, History Channel, and many others. I've discovered Ben's photography through his work on YouTube and also through a previous guest on the podcast, Ted Vieira. Ben's photography is very cinematic in my opinion, and he has created a great body of photographic work with a particular focus on portraiture. He uses both film as well as digital. Well, Ben, thanks so much for being on the Create Photography podcast. It's great to have you on the show, and I look very much forward to our conversation. Oh, great. Thanks, Daniel. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be invited. Wonderful. So to start out, Ben, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your photographic and filmmaking journey? Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's I'll tr I'll try and make it a, a short story. I I grew up in remote Alaska, mm -hmm. so you know, until I went to college. I didn't have indoor plumbing or electricity or anything like that. So I didn't have a television in the house. There was no electricity. Um, and, you know, in, until I was a teenager, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I actually went to a movie theater, right? So mm -hmm. movies were always, were always mm -hmm. like my favorite thing to do. And a camera was always, you know, my favorite toy. Like, and, mm -hmm. and I didn't really have one <laughs> as a, as a kid. Um, as soon as I got older and, earned enough money. First thing I did was buy a camera and then a mm -hmm. nice video <laughs> camera. So, you know, that's always kind of been a passion and, uh, it's something that it's, it's a passion I followed. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm primarily a filmmaker. Like that's primarily my vocation mm -hmm. and how I pay the bills. Um, mm -hmm. although there's some photography in there, I don't consider myself a professional photographer because that's, it is a, a, a large aspect of what I do, but it's not the mm -hmm. main thing. The main thing that I do is make documentaries and, and films and documentary TV series. Uh, I direct some commercials and things like that. Mm -hmm. And along the way, uh, I do get, you know, hired to, to do photo shoots. I've, I've shot for some brands and things like that. Uh, it's not the main thing. It's not the thing that I pursue, but it is something that I still, um, pursue in my own time. You know, everybody goes, well, mm -hmm. what do you do in your free time? I usually <laughs> go out and take pictures. <laughs> so oh, <that's> cool. <laughs> it's just, that's just what I like to do. And actually that's what that's I did wonderful. this morning. I was up at sunrise and I went out into the woods and, uh, mixed it up until about 10 o'clock. So. Oh, nice. Are you, do you still live in Alaska or do you, do you live somewhere else now? I live in the greater Los Angeles area. So oh, I'm basically, okay. yeah, I'm in LA. So I, okay. I've been here for two decades now. 
and uh, shoot, 21 years actually this fall. So I don't live right in the city, although the first seven, eight years I lived right in Hollywood. Now I live kind of on the north end. And the cool thing is I can be in downtown LA barring traffic in like 35 minutes Hmm. or at least into into Burbank where I'll do post-production and stuff sometimes. Um, But I can, like this morning, I drove 15 minutes from my front door and I saw some coyotes and mm-hmm. my cell phone didn't work anymore because there's no service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm out there with mm-hmm. the rattlesnakes and the, the bobcats and the coyotes <laughs> and, the, and the hawks. Oh, that's cool. And then, and then you're still very close to the, to the big city as well. <laughs> that's right, so, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah. 35, 40 minutes, I can be in the middle of downtown LA. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. cool to have that, that balance. You know, I need it. I yeah. need to be out in yeah. the wild to, to really feel alive. Right, right. Well, and, you know, I kind of see that in your photography. So, so your photography, your work features, you know, people a lot too, but it features nature. And I, I think your, your portraiture and your landscapes are, are beautiful. Great light and, you know, great landscapes. So I'm curious to go, maybe you want to go a little deeper on your, on your portraiture because you, I think you, you do quite a bit of portraiture in, in your work at least what i see on the on your website as well and um so i'd be curious you know to learn a little bit more about your creative process and in, in, in your portrait photography yeah sure you know portraits are my favorite thing to shoot um at this point in my life like uh i'm i'm it's it's been tough this last year because i i've just you know unless it's been for work i just stay away from everybody uh, yeah. So I haven't shot, I've shot the, the fewest portraits this year that I have in probably the last 20 years. And it's yeah. been, uh, it's been like, I'm, I'm really antsy and itching to get out there and shoot some people. Mm-hmm. I, I just really like uh, taking people's portraits and I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what it is. I guess it's, uh, I really like showing them how I can see them or how I can capture them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think people kind of go, when I travel a lot, I try and take pictures of strangers and then I I like Mm -hmm. to show them and then they go, wow. Like, you know, (laughs) if you can, if you can show somebody a vision of themselves that they haven't seen before, Mm -hmm. that's pretty exciting to me. And and it's fun. And portraits are always a challenge. They're, they're one of the hardest things to do because, you know, it, it doesn't matter if someone, is the most beautiful person in the world. It doesn't mean just because they're really beautiful that uh, it's easy to take their picture. Like there's a, there's a lot right. of things you can screw up. There's a lot of things you can get wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those aren't even technical things. It's just with your, right. your interaction with them. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. They, they, they're, they're always a challenge. It's just a, I think we're, as people, you know, we're, we're drawn to each other's faces. It's mm-hmm. what we're, we're used to looking at. And I think, uh, unless someone's like a family member or a close friend or, or a partner, you don't really stare at people's faces intently w- when you're talking to them. It's kind of, yeah. it would mm-hmm. make them feel uncomfortable. So That's right. mm-hmm. with a portrait, <laughs> you know, you can stare at a portrait, a, a frozen image of someone. And, uh, yeah. it's, it's a, Mm-hmm. It's another opportunity to to really discover things about people, right? So, so so Ben, when you work with with your, you know, with 
with your models or people you meet or do you you know do you take time i mean is it sometimes do you have more time with you know for, for a session for example or or does it i assume it i'm sure it varies sometimes too if it's just a random person but how do you go about that um usually well it, it's you know it's okay so if it's a travel situation where i'm say i'm in thailand or something you know i did or i did a, a series of portraits i had a job in in super remote Siberia. And, uh, hmm. I captured actually, this is eight or nine years ago now, but I, I was so far out there that people didn't even speak Russian. They spoke Yakutian, which is, hmm. it's, it was in the province of, uh, Yakutia, which is the hmm. capital of Siberia. And, uh, most of the people out there don't even speak Russian. They speak the native Yakutian language. So, hmm. um, I would pass people or come upon people and convince them to, pose for a portrait and but usually you know a lot of these interactions are less than 30 seconds sometimes mm -hmm. less than 10 seconds you know so mm. um it can be that short if i'm say i'm want to do a portrait session with an actor or a model or, or a friend or someone you know maybe you spend a little more time mm -hmm. um i think uh if it's more of a professional setting like that like you want to you want to shoot portraits of a of a person. Um, I would, you know, of course I could show up and, uh, do it in a matter of minutes if I needed to. Mm -hmm. Um, but depending on who it is and, and, and the context of the situation, um, it'd be good to at least have 30 minutes, uh, mm -hmm. an hour is good. It depends on what you want to do, you know, or, or, right, or what the right. purpose is or how many shots you need. Maybe you just need one shot. Right. Um, which is fine, you know, if you if you're gonna do a a portrait of someone who is really famous, um, a famous celebrity or a politician mm -hmm. or somebody like that, a lot of times those people for a portrait session, you will have only minutes because they have a super right. busy schedule. So <laughs> right. you gotta prepare your lighting mm -hmm. and you know, they basically have to step in. You have to you have to get them where you need them and you gotta get the right. shot within a matter of minutes. And that's a that's a unique challenge too that I actually mm -hmm. kind of like. Um, but uh, right. I guess mm -hmm. to answer your question, if if it's more of a casual thing, I'm going to do a portrait session with with a model or an actor. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like to go more than an hour. You shouldn't have to. Okay. You really shouldn't have to go more than a half an hour. I don't think. And mm -hmm. the only reason you want to go longer is if if you're just having a good time and you're mm -hmm. experimenting. You know, I always right. like to show up. I show up with a game plan. I know what mm -hmm. I want to do. I know who mm -hmm. the person is, what they look like. Uh, am I using natural light? Am I bringing, you know, uh, some kind of artificial lighting? Mm -hmm. um, so I have a, I have a plan there. I kind of know what I want to do. And I like to get that work done. Mm -hmm. And then I like to experiment or play around. And so if you're vibing and if, if you're, if you're getting along and everything's great, sometimes you can, you can do even better than your plan. Oftentimes you can, mm -hmm. you can do better work than your plan. So mm -hmm. I don't know after, after about an hour though, I'm like, okay, I think uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of images and right. I don't really, I, th I think we're done. And you know, you, right. you, you get pretty tired. Um, right. Right. I think 30 minutes for me is like the sweet spot. And honestly, mm -hmm. I'll spend the first 10 or 15 minutes, just very, very like maybe not even, maybe not even pressing the shutter, having mm -hmm. a conversation, um, right. telling some stories, getting to know each other. 
and that mm-hmm. pay, that pays dividends. And then in right. ten or fifteen minutes, if you can't get a good portrait after you've spent that time in the beginning, then uh, well, maybe you need to right. practice more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so, so speaking of, and you mentioned a little bit about light. Um, do you work a lot with natural light? I that's what I assumed, but I wasn't sure. Um, I, I do. True. Yeah, I okay. do. Probably, okay. probably. 75 80% of everything. Um, oftentimes if you have, um, if it's for a client, sometimes they're uneasy if you just show up and don't have light. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times (laughs) when I do get photo jobs or do get portrait jobs, I will plan on having a lighted setup just so a, so I know that no matter what I can get the shot, but I know I can get it anyways, but Mm-hmm. it's it's more to set the client at ease right um i like there's a real art to seeing the light and and then knowing how to use it and knowing how to mm-hmm. use it in, in where you position your subject and where you position yourself in relation right. to the setting uh and the direction of light and the strength of light and all that so mm-hmm. you know and a lot of that when I say I like to show people, you know, the photos I've taken, or even if it's on the back of the camera, that's because they're not, usually they're surprised because they're not seeing the light the way that I am. And mm-hmm. so it's the light that is a surprise to them. Right. Is that something that comes from your, you know, you being a filmmaker and cinematographer, do you think that that has helped you a lot? Or was that just something that you develop, you know, kind of in parallel. I mean, obviously the light is, you know, in that, in that sense, the cinematography is very comparable to photography, right? From, from a light standpoint, I mean, we're, we're all looking for the light <laughs> and, you know, very sensitive to it, I guess. But yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right, Daniel. And, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't, I always liked photography. I didn't start doing portraits really seriously until after I had uh, been shooting video for quite a while. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you early on in my career, I did a lot of sort of, uh, documentary projects and industrial projects and things where you have to shoot interviews of people, right? The sit down mm-hmm. interview, the talking right, head, right. which mm-hmm. is basically a video portrait, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, so I got pretty good at that. And I think that, mm-hmm. that fed into my, passion for portraiture so it's one thing to to sort of light someone who's going to sit there and talk for an hour but Mm -hmm. uh you know it's a whole other thing to then just get one frame that really captures them it's a different kind of challenge Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i think that uh that was really you're you're 100 right that was the foundation to uh to my education in portraiture and so when when you and you mentioned that a little bit earlier too, that usually you kind of have a plan. So you're, are you kind of pre-visualizing or visualizing your shots ahead of time? Do you think, or is that something you do? Sometimes? Yes. Uh, it depends. Um, I, I generally have an idea of what I want to do and usually it's dictated by the location too. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll use this location kind of know, what time of day to shoot there if it's natural light uh, or maybe it doesn't matter um but the location a lot of times will 
will dictate the uh, the style of the photos. Okay, got it. Now, another thing I noticed with with your um, photography and portraiture is, you know, a cinematic look. Now, you know, of course, we can say, well, you're a filmmaker, but still, that doesn't necessarily mean you have that look. But I feel like you definitely your your photographs have that. Is this again something that comes natural to you at being a filmmaker? Or something that you even consciously doing, or is that something do you think that just happens, <laughs> so to say? Um, I don't think it's really conscious. Okay. Um, you know, once once I started putting more work out there, like on social media and stuff, I started having people asking me a lot of questions. You know, similar to that, where you know I didn't. I didn't have a formal education and I, I sort of am largely self-taught. I, I learned, um, I learned, I think 99% of my skills and things before like things like YouTube and, you know, um, mm -hmm. I learned by doing. And so right, right. it's been, uh, it's been interesting then trying to then unpack actually why I do certain things or how I do them. Cause it doesn't really come from any kind of formal training. Um, I guess mm -hmm. it's just sort of like an interior creative impulse, but, uh, okay. I do like images that sort of elude to a greater story. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I like images that where, where you, you know, they, maybe they're telling you a story, but they're also asking mm -hmm. you questions or they're, they're just right. alluding to maybe something else that's going on. Um, mm -hmm. so maybe that's what you're referring right. to. I, yeah, I, I think so. And maybe that's because I'm, yeah, when I look at the portraits and, and of course we'll link to, to your website in the show notes too, but I, yeah, th there is something that there's kind of like stop, stops me at least I gotta say. So I think there's an interest and there's definitely, yes, I think you're right. It might be the story too. I mean, I'm sure it, some of it is the light and, and and there seems to be yeah and, and and maybe the subjects too there's a strong connection to to the viewer or the camera i think i i can often see that um but um and speaking of subjects so 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 one of the challenges for those of us who maybe don't do <laughs> a lot of portraiture like you have done is is a finding them and then also approaching them so especially for people we don't know is there like do you have like some tips or, you know, some, some thoughts on how to go about that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, a hundred percent. I've thought about this a lot. Um, okay. you know, when I, when I first wanted to start shooting a lot of portraits, I just reached out to my friends. Um, and, uh, okay. you know, I guess, uh, so, so that's the first place you should start, mm -hmm. but eventually you're going to have to start asking strangers if you can take their picture. And so that's a pretty uncomfortable thing for a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. and look, I'm not, I'm not an extrovert. I'm a pretty shy person, right? I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not the loudest, most boisterous person in the room. I'm happy to sit back and, mm -hmm. uh, mind my own business. And, mm -hmm. and I don't need to chime in. I don't need to be heard and I don't need everyone to know I'm even in the room. So that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. So it's All right. just, to be honest, it's, uh, it's really something that I have to work hard at to approach mm -hmm. strangers. I'm pretty shy. Um, mm -hmm. 
but honestly, it's more uncomfortable later if I think, and and this has happened, and this still happens, where mm-hmm. if if later I'm thinking about an interaction or someone that I saw, and I I have that regret that I didn't ask them if I could take their portrait, yeah, <laughs> that haunts right. me, and mm-hmm. I. I hate that feeling and I know what it's like, that feeling of regret. So mm-hmm. I will remember that feeling in the moment and just, you know, take that leap of faith and go, hey. And so <laughs> so the best thing you can do is just be genuine and, mm-hmm. you know, don't be creepy and right. don't be egotistical and just be humble mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know, approach someone if it's if they're on the street, like the easiest thing to do, and my, a lot of my favorite portraits are from my travels, specifically a bunch of the ones I took in Siberia. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a series of portraits I captured in uh, Thailand when I went there on vacation too that I I just really like them. I, I like those people though. They're, they're just great mm-hmm. people. But right. I find that it's really easy in countries where they don't speak English. So if I go to Europe, and I've, I've been to Europe many times on vacation, and uh, I have almost zero portraits of people on the street there. Although, you know, there's very interesting people. If you like in rural mm-hmm. Spain or or Italy, oh, yeah. there's just all these wonderful faces. Mm-hmm. But you know, most people speak English, and right. they don't want anything to do with American tourists. And so I <laughs> have the hardest time capturing portraits there. In countries like Thailand or, or Siberia or Africa or Mexico, mm-hmm. some of these places where they probably mostly don't speak English. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. You can smile, okay. you can point at the camera yeah. and they know what you're talking about and they're happy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if right. it's, I, but honestly, I tell this to people all the time. Okay. You want to take, you want to take portraits, go like, who, who do you love? Go mm-hmm. to your go to your grandmother and right. spend an afternoon with her and and sit her by mm-hmm. the window and try and capture like your definitive portrait of her. You're mm-hmm. gonna learn a lot and and then have her tell yeah. you some stories and, mm-hmm. and that's gonna put her at ease. And you can just sit there, spend time with someone who loves you and that you really love, and and mm-hmm. and try and capture some portraits. And then then go to your grandpa and then go to your uncle and then go to right. Go to your niece and nephew who is who who are four or five years old. Go to someone really young, mm-hmm. and they're going to have a different kind of energy and 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 a different mm-hmm. kind of connection that you're going to have with them. Right. Yeah. Start there, and then yeah. work your way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are those are great ideas. Yeah, and and I think I think you I think for many of us is it's that that shyness. Even you know, even if we're not super introvert, but I think it's always difficult to reach out to somebody we don't know in particular right and and just ask for that portrait but um you're right if if i've had that too where and i haven't done it much to be honest on the street although i do some street photography but i i've had that situation already several times where i thought i should have just asked and then i didn't do it so i I know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) with the regret so um so with regards to um you know, posing, kind of directing people, is that something you do or do you just kind of let it go naturally, let them, you know, do their thing or do you do you actually direct them a little bit? Um, it depends. If, if it's, okay. if it's uh, 
if it's just for me, if it's if it's just personal work, I do very very little directing. Um, okay. Usually, it's something like, "Hey, go stand over there and then look in my general direction." Um, mm-hmm. And oftentimes, I won't say more than that. Um, okay. I I don't. I guess I guess because I have a documentary background, you know, mm-hmm. and the kind of work that I'm doing, um, I I just. I really like to capture a person's essence and it's mm-hmm. hard to do that if you're telling them how to hold their hand, right. Or how to, yeah. <laughs> how to, how to position their hand or, 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 right. you know, a lot of times if, if a photo can be a little better, if they maybe drop their chin or they, you know, they, they turn to the side a little bit, I I'll move myself or I'll raise the camera or lower it. If I really have to, I'll ask them to adjust something. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm shy about that at all. It's just that I do, it's, it's like a weird ethical thing with me. Um, Mm -hmm. on the other hand, I have done some fashion shoots and shot some brands and things and, and that stuff tends to be a little more specific. And so Mm -hmm. I will a hundred percent pose the models or adjust them as needed to get the shots because they're commercial shots. And to Mm -hmm. be honest, uh, on one hand, if you're doing that, you have professional models. At least I was lucky. I've been lucky enough to, and they typically know what the heck to do yeah, and you tell right. them very little. <laughs> um, so it's great because you have to tell them right. almost nothing and, and they get it. Nobody's feelings are hurt. They're like, Oh, you, okay. This makes it better. Okay, great. And then, mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand, it's nice to get paid to do that stuff, but it's not, it's not my favorite thing to do, man. It's yeah. not my favorite yeah. thing. It's right. a job. Right. <laughs> Got it. So Ben, do, do you follow compositional rules? I mean, there's always just the thing with rules, right? In photography, and I, I have a mixed view about those, but um, I'm, I'm still curious if you're considering compositional rules for, for your work in, in general and maybe specifically in portraiture. Um, yes and no. I mean, oftentimes, okay. yes, uh, because, you know, but not, it's not really a conscious thing. You know, it's like, if you know how okay. to shoot faces, you probably, you, you're going to kind of, you can't, the, the lens is going to land where it needs to land. If you kind of, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't have to think about it consciously. Um, yeah. so I really don't think about it consciously. Got it. Uh, and I usually don't get it wrong. You know, when I'm looking at the stuff later in, in post, mm-hmm. um, I, I like to do weird things. I like to shoot weird angles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much of that stuff you s- is even on my website, but you know, I, I like, I like odd, mm-hmm. strange angles or mm-hmm. I like a lot of negative space in a frame. Right. Um, so I do, th- I do tend to just looking at stuff later. I mean, it tends to fall into, into the rule of thirds, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think those, I think those, are more like principles than rules, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, certain things are just a little more pleasing to look at. And I think you kind of either kind of understand that in terms of composition or you don't. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And speaking of, um, gear just briefly and typically i don't talk much about gear mostly really about the creative stuff but i think the what's interesting i think about gear in the context of portraiture is is often the lens choice um so i'm curious you know what 
if you have a favorite, if you maybe have a go-to focal length for for your for your portrait work in particular. Uh, I mean, nothing, nothing um, outside the box, man. I like a, a fifty, okay. a fifty or an eighty-five millimeter. Okay. Um, I've shot a lot of portraits on other lenses too. It's like I'm. I'm so agnostic, dude, about, you know, okay. <laughs> it's like people always go, what's your favorite camera? What's your favorite lens? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, whatever's within reach. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like if that's what you have, all right, right, then what can we do with that? You know, it's yeah. like, I don't feel yeah. beholden like, oh, I, I need this lens because that's my vision. No, like, mm -hmm. I mean, I love an 85, like if you like, a, I, I love a fast 85, but, uh, mm -hmm. a fast 50 is great too. But you know, mm -hmm. I've, you could, I, I don't even. I don't actually don't even own those lenses right now. Actually, I have a 50 millimeter on my film camera, but, mm -hmm. uh, my digital camera, I've only got a 28 millimeter lens right now. So, mm -hmm. you know, and I've shot some portraits that I really love. Um, mm -hmm. I've shot a lot of portraits on a 200 millimeter lens. Um, I don't know. Right. I right. like a long lens though. It's just, it's, at, at some point it becomes, you know, almost a little too easy though if you can just you can separate your subject from the background right, so the, right. the setting doesn't matter as much so mm -hmm. if you can if you can find the right light and you can get you know right. the right expression and the right connection with the subject mm -hmm. um if you have one of those long lenses man it's it's pretty right it's pretty easy you can almost be anywhere right <laughs> almost yeah <laughs> that's true that's true so so speaking of of film photography i I know that's something you you do quite a bit. Um, um, do, what attracts you to to film in twenty twenty almost twenty twenty one? Yeah, well, I was I uh, I had been for a number of years thinking uh, maybe I should get a film camera again, you know. And now that I back when I had a film camera a long time ago, um, I first got a digital camera in like two thousand, I think. So I hadn't mm. really used a f film camera after like 2000 or 2001. So almost for, it was for over a decade. And I was thinking, maybe I should, what would I get? And then I was gifted a Leica M6. And uh, mm. so that's what I have now. Um, mm. And and I just really grew, I grew to love it. Actually, I just got 20 rolls back like yesterday. Oh, wow. So from, from this job that I did, um, 20 rolls mm. I shot for personal work during this oh, job. Nice. Um, I guess I just like, uh, I, I'm not going to tell you anything new that anybody else doesn't <laughs> say. I, I like the slower pace. I like that yeah. I'm more thoughtful about it. I'm, I'm not just, you can't just spray and pray. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's going to cost you 50 to 75 cents to a dollar every time you pull the trigger, depending on what kind of film you're using. Right. Um, maybe more if you shoot medium format, which I'm planning on doing next. Um, mm -hmm. But, I, I, I just like it. I feel like it's made me a better photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I like the, I like the process. I like this, the slower pace of it. And I, I find that for some reason, for some reason, um, I don't know if I get more shots that I like, but the shots, mm -hmm. there's, there's a few shots that I've gotten uh, with my M6 that are probably my favorite shots of all time. And I, hmm. I don't, I don't know if it's because they're on film, mm -hmm. but, uh, I'm more emotionally attached to 
to the shots that I really like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I, I I do some film too, and I I noticed that too that the the keeper rate is definitely higher. Um, that and maybe because of what you just mentioned, maybe we are more deliberate. I don't know. Um, that could be part of it. Um, so speaking of that, is that are are you doing black and white and color um, for your film photography? Yeah, yeah, sure I am. Okay. I, okay. And probably mostly. Um, probably mostly black and white, but I, I've mostly been shooting. Okay. Yeah, I've been shooting a fair amount of color, but I was, you know, I just it's interesting because I just got twenty rolls back, and uh, I think there was maybe seven or eight rolls of black and white, and the rest was color. Hmm. And I like the black and white shots better. Like it's, hmm. um, I don't know, I don't know. It's I guess it just really depends on it depends right depends on what yeah. you're shooting and where you're at. But I probably right. I'm probably more more drawn to the black and white. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And so, so shifting gears a little bit, and I want to go back to to film. You know, your filmmaking um, has that. You know, how has that influenced your photography um, o- over the years? It's probably hard to say because you do both in parallel, obviously. But um, do you, do you think it has? And um, yeah, I want to maybe relate that to film too eventually but anyway (laughs) um um yeah i don't they they're weird you know they they sit in different places in your head or in your heart you know um Mm -hmm. i really got more serious about my photography after i was already had an established career as a cinematographer and as a director and I think a lot of it was, um, look, let's be honest, okay? If, if you're a professional and and you're shooting stuff for a living, it's a job, right? It's, and mm-hmm. it's not always just roses and sunshine. Right. You're not, you're not always doing stuff that you're super stoked about or you don't, you don't right. always have 100% autonomy. Although, look, I've been really lucky doing what I do to have a lot of autonomy and to be able to shoot things the way I want and do what I want. But at the end of the day, you're making something that someone is paying you to make, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're filming mm-hmm. things that people are bankrolling and they expect, they expect certain deliverables. They expect the content to be a certain way. So right, right. photography for me became kind of a, a refuge, you know? So look, I have I pay my mortgage by filming stuff for, you know, different cable networks and doing documentaries and doing commercials and things like that. But right. the photography for me has become a real escape of like that's for me. Mm-hmm. So um and and I will do it for other people, but right. It's like I won't it's going to cost you. <laughs> it's like <laughs> right. if you want if you want to have an opinion with the photography, it's really yeah. going to cost you. Because I'm doing just fine with the the filmmaking work. So I don't really need mm-hmm. to add anything to that professionally. So if you want right. me to do it, you're really going to have to pay for my time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really keep it separate and compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. And if right. I get a day off or or if I've had a tough day shooting for work or something, I'll a lot of times just grab my M6 and go for a walk and take some shots. And it's meditative. Um, mm-hmm. It relieves the stress. I'm, I'm allowed to to look at what I want to look at, capture what I want to capture, the way I want to capture it. And it just sort of, 
it sort of creates balance for me in, mm-hmm. you know, in the, the high stress work that I do. Right. That That's, that's very interesting. So that's really kind of your, and that's so, I think that's actually very cool that the photography is kind of your artistic outlet from your day job, which of course has to do with photography, but it's of course different. And so, yeah, very interesting. Do, have you ever thought about, and that's the weird film question I have now, because some of the even modern cinematographers still shoot on film, right? <laughs> There's some of those. Yes. Have you ever thought about doing that? I want to so bad, Daniel. Okay. (laughs) Um, And you know, I just I just finished this job, which was for a uh, a major streaming service, and uh, I, you know, we're partway through, and there's this portion that we needed to film, and I was not the cinematographer. Okay, I was Mm -hmm. I was there to do very specific stuff, which was to be kind of a one man band, which is something I do. I'll go out and I can direct and shoot. Mm and produce and a lot of times do my own audio. So there, there was things we had to do where we couldn't bring a whole crew. So I would have to go into the place of the whole crew and do everything myself. So that's typically sure. what I do a lot. And, mm-hmm. But there was this one thing that we had to film that was uh, a series of flashbacks. And I just, I, I said, you know, you guys should shoot this on eight millimeter hmm. and uh, right. you know, or something like that. And I, I made the pitch and it, it, I wouldn't have been the one to shoot it. And I was like hesitant to bring it up. Cause I'm like, ah, they're going to do it. And then it would be my idea. And I don't even get the credit for it. I don't get to go shoot it. The, the, the show DP will actually get to go do it. They, mm-hmm. they didn't go that route, but mm-hmm. to be, to answer your question, F yes. Like someone, <laughs> someone pay me yeah. to go shoot up like, even a, a, a short documentary or a music mm-hmm. video or a narrative on some film, mm-hmm. even if it's eight millimeter, like there's some, you know, there's some pretty good, you can get good lenses and there's some good mm-hmm. little eight millimeter cameras or super 16 right. would be freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, it would be a dream. It would be a dream mm-hmm. if someone would pay me to do that. That would be nice. Yeah. I think otherwise it, it gets pretty expensive, right? To get those, to get the film and then even get it developed and all that. And it does. Know, I, it does. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you, and speaking of, so I'm curious now with some of your influences, um, have you, are there any photographers from, let's first talk about more portrait photography and maybe just general more stills photography. Are there certain photographers you're still looking up to or you're still in you think you're influenced by you were influenced by you still think they're cool um that you could mention yeah um i mean i guess i i i this these questions always kind of make me uncomfortable (laughs) because uh i didn't have a formal education and like i haven't i haven't like gone out and uh like sought out like the grades yeah. or like really educated oh, sure. myself and all this stuff. So I always feel like, ah, oh, I should, I should be more <laughs> like cultured and I should know who no, the, no. <laughs> the cool people are a little more, but I just freaking don't. Um, but I will tell you this, like probably my favorite photographer of all time. And this is cliche and this is mm. nothing new, um, is probably Peter Lindbergh. Like I, I mm. just think, uh, I, I just, you look, there's that whole group of like those, those high end fashion photographers from like the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties and, and who are like right. a lot, a lot of them who are really good, but I just feel like his work stands alone mm-hmm. separate from everyone else. Just the, the rawness of it and uh, mm-hmm. just how 
you want to talk about images that seem to tell a story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He'll like mm -hmm. just go build a, a tent on a beach and, and shoot some models. And it's just like, it looks like a freaking movie. Like it looks amazing. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I don't know. He, he's probably my favorite contemporary photographer. Cool. There is this guy that I, uh, I don't even know where I discovered this guy. I'm a really big fan of this dude. Um, Bastian Woot. Would it? Oh Woot? yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yep, I know. And he's, he's, he's a, yeah, he's kind of a fine art photographer. I'm, I'm like that dude is mm -hmm. like, <laughs> that dude is like, I want to have a beer with that guy. Cause his mm -hmm. work is freaking awesome in my book. Like mm -hmm. it just like, yeah. it just tickles all my best places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I, I think I follow him on Instagram as well. Yeah. I I'm familiar with him. He's beautiful work. A lot. Of, I think most it's black and white, or I think. All yeah, I think it's yeah. all black yeah. and white. Yeah. yeah, I think he yeah. does all black and white. They're very, you know, they're very they're very stark images. They're all they're yeah, all studio stark. and all uh, studio. Yep. you know they're, yep. they're they're just very mm -hmm. interesting images. Mm -hmm. um, I just think he's doing something that's different than almost anybody else. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's for sure. What about um, cinematographers? Are there certain ones that you? Yeah, yeah. I probably know more of those than yeah. I do actual photographers. <laughs> I might not know them, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and again, I'm not going to say anything that isn't like that's that's groundbreaking. Um, <laughs> Roger Deakins, of course. Yeah, sure. You know, he's sure. got a great podcast, and uh, for anybody that hasn't checked it out, um, yeah, yeah. Deakins is. I, I don't know. He, he is. Uh, he is freaking. <laughs> on another level and uh yeah. and chivo there's of course chivo mm -hmm. um but he, he's won a lot of oscars the last couple of years he Ch chivo's um got this kind of raw documentary style to a lot of his stuff especially a lot of his early work but then he he just shoots in all different kinds of styles too and mm -hmm. does like weird movies for the coen brothers or whatever um right, right i love i love chivo's work i like his photography he mm -hmm. He doesn't follow me on Instagram, but like every couple months he'll stop by my page and like a bunch of photos. And I'm always like, oh my <laughs> oh, nice. gosh, what the hell? Um, That's awesome. <laughs> I just super geek out. Um, oh, wow. I also like, yeah. uh, no, oh, man, his name's escaping me. Um, what is that guy's name? He's also one of the best. Um, anyways, th those guys are probably my favorites. Yeah. The, the couple that I... Um, I like too, but aside from Ro Roger Deakins, and I, I actually just know that I didn't, I rewatched Fargo, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is, uh, and I think he, he was actually the cinematographer. I didn't even realize that. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's done most it, of the Coen brothers films. Yeah. And most he, of them. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, that's in a unique, because I live in Minneapolis, St. Paul. So, and you know, it's kind of, it's fun that, you know, they make fun of the accent and all that <laughs> stuff, but it's, it's just, uh, it's it's a great movie though. It's very violent. I told my wife it's it's very violent. So <laughs> you, may not, you may not want to watch it, but I watched it actually before I came to the U.S. and I thought, uh oh, <laughs> wow, um, yeah, but, it's so good, so good. <laughs> it is so good. It's so good. But um, Matthew Lipatik, I think he's yes. kind of a new one that um, I I like. Uh, the, well, the the Star is Born. I thought was really beautiful. Cinema well, it's good, he, and he. He um he came up with Darren Aronofsky, so he mm -hmm. shot a bunch right. of Darren Aronofsky's early films, yep. and uh, yep. 
Yeah, man, he's he's really he's got a really bold style. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, beautiful color. Yeah, the color really was kind of consistent. I thought I in the stars can really cons- I mean, it had like two different color schemes. It seemed like, and it was really cool. I I liked that a lot. And yeah, that movie, the other one I like purposeful, is yeah, yeah, very purposeful. And uh, Christopher Doyle is another one that. that oh man. Pretty dude good, yeah. yes he he's and he's like a he's like a mad like he's a mad genius or yeah. something like he literally yeah, is, he is insane but like those all those yeah. those one car y movies dude yeah. dude they're amazing. silly yeah they're just yeah. it's yeah amazing yeah and yeah, i, I know. i've seen i've seen some bts on like there's some like really crappy bts on youtube and stuff and like i man mm. that guy you know it's funny <laughs> because uh Look, if if you're doing like really big movies and stuff and you've got, you know, a huge crew and all the gear you want, that's one thing. And that takes a lot of skill and talent and ability. But I I love seeing these people do things really scrappy like and just go out there and and just just kind of break all the rules and do it. Yep. And just get it done. It's awesome. Right. Right. And I think he does a lot a lot of his stuff is on film, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I I'm I think so, but I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure actually. Yeah, yeah, I would believe it. Anyway, I would believe it. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so um, well, um, well, I I thought to wrap it up, a couple more questions. Um, so what what is ahead for you this upcoming year? Do you have any any bigger projects planned on the personal side or or professionally? On the personal side, I've been toiling away at the screenplay for a while. Um. So, you know, I mean, my, my big goal is to, is to direct a movie. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm still working, I'm working towards that. Um, right. and, uh, you know, that's the only, that's the only big project in front of me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I don't, I don't know what's going on with COVID. So I'm not, right. I'm not, right. Uh, I'm not making any other plans, but I, no. I am <laughs> trying to get right. this darn screenplay written so that I can yep. make it. Um, oh, that's cool. Personally. Yeah, man. I mean, there's, there's a couple things brewing. I'm working on a very, very, very exciting development project, uh, developing a documentary series and, uh, that I'm going to direct and, oh, cool. uh, with some, some pretty cool people. So I'm, it actually, nice. if, if we pull it off and we actually get the thing going, um, it might be the coolest thing that I've ever done. So we'll see. Hmm. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. And uh, so lastly, where where can our listeners find you? Oh, boy. Um, is this the part right? I, I plug myself? Um, yes. <laughs> I... I don't know. I mean, I'm on, I'm all the social, I'm on all the social medias. Okay. Most of them okay. I'm on, i spend most of my time on Instagram. Just it's my last okay. name daily. So, um, okay. I have a Twitter that I mostly use to read stuff and look at other people's stuff. And then I, I'm on this, I'm on this uh, platform, Elo and also on Vero, which those are okay. kind of smaller, but I like them because, uh, cool. a little more inclusive. Um, I have a YouTube that I yep. started last year. Where, yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, and that's actually in part how I found you. And then I got also another photographer recommended that I talked to you. But I, yeah, oh, cool. I actually saw some of your YouTube. Yeah, I really like 
wonderful YouTube channel. So I hope you have time to to keep that going. But but I thought it was really cool. Really. Oh, great, thanks, man. Yeah, I stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where it's going, but I had a lot of time. I didn't work for like seven or eight months during the height of COVID, and I was like, yeah. "All right, well, mm-hmm. I'm just going to start making stuff." And uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then your your website is it um, is it just benstaley.com or that's um, it? Yes, okay. yes. Okay, and uh, there's that's of course okay the website. Yep, I appreciate yep. it, Daniel. Oh yeah, wonderful. Well. Thanks so much, Ben. I really appreciate your time and sharing some of your insights and your thoughts and your journey. And yeah, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks, man. It was uh, it was my pleasure and uh, good luck out there. Thanks. This concludes my conversation with Ben Staley. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I really recommend you check him out. He is a fantastic filmmaker and photographer. He's actually also won Emmy Awards, so he didn't mention that, but I wanted to mention that as well. He's really a great, great and very talented guy. So, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. If you like the episode and if you like this podcast, please share it with others who might like it. Thanks again and talk to you next time.